0: Hot one o two seven. Good morning, beautiful people of God. You're listening to Sunrise, with Shona on Hot one o two seven. It's great to be back with you again this morning, and we have an amazing passage of Scripture to look at today. In fact, there is so much in it that I'm starting at the very beginning, and I'm just picking up on four aspects of this reading. But as I read it, I would invite you to close your eyes and see what God is saying to you, because it might be different from what I emphasize. So reading from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. As Jesus starts on his way, a man runs up to him and falls before him on his knees and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answers, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, says Jesus, and he lists them for the man, and the man answers, Teacher, I've kept all of these since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him. And loved him. One thing you lack, says Jesus, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus said to his disciples, it is hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. They were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples are even more amazed, and they ask, who then can enter? Jesus looks at them and says, With humans this is impossible, but not with God. With God all things are possible. Then Peter speaks and says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus answers him, no one who has left family or feels, in other words, possessions, to follow me for the sake of the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. So I'm going to focus on a few things from this passage this morning. Why does Jesus not want to be called good? Why does he object to that? What does good mean for Jesus? And then of course my favorite verse of the whole lot jesus looked at him and loved him i also want to look at how nothing is impossible with god what does that mean for us and why is jesus so harsh on the wealthy but first on the mighty hot 1027 because of course we are here to worship god here i am to worship enjoy Hot 1027 here i am to worship on the mighty hot 1027 it's so good to be back with you again this morning This is Reverend Shona from St. Mark's Anglican Church, and I'm looking at Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31, that is just full of amazing, amazing things that Jesus said, amazing promises, and I'm just looking at a few of them. So first of all, Jesus is approached by a very wealthy, devout young man, and he's asking Jesus about eternal life. I think as we look at this, why has he come to Jesus? He's kept the commandments. He knows God. He obviously attends temple. What is it that he's wanting from Jesus? Why is he worried about eternal life? And for me, what he's looking for is a deeper connection. That's why he's come to Jesus. He knows there's something more, something he's missing other than just living a good life and keeping the commandments. And he addresses Jesus as a good teacher. Jesus objects by saying only God is good. Now, why would Jesus say that? Jesus, we believe, was very good without sin, even though he was fully human and fully divine. So I find this objection quite fascinating. We use the word so glibly. If my dog does something good, I would say, good boy. Or to a child, have you been good today? But for Jesus, goodness meant something more. I think for him it meant, and I'm I'm just surmising here, that for him it meant holy and without sin. And I think his objection to receive the title good is another indication for us of Jesus's humility and his deference to God. Only God is good. In the Anglican church, we have this thing where the priest will say, God is good. The congregation answer all the time. The priest says all the time and the congregation answer, God is good. So I think for Jesus, goodness was more than just being a good person. It was a holy person. And that's why he points to God. And of course, we believe Jesus was holy, but Jesus in his humility wants us to rather look at God. Next, we are told Jesus looked at him and loved him. Now, just, just sit for a moment with that. Jesus looks at you and loves you. What a beautiful thing. Can you imagine that? Jesus looking at you with love. I think most of us, have been fortunate enough to see someone look at us that way, with love. And it is a beautiful, wonderful, affirming thing. How much more so when God looks at us and loves us. Remember that we are told, and I think it's from Ephesians 3, God's love is higher, wider, deeper, longer than anything we can comprehend or understand. There is nowhere, Psalm 139, that we can go where God is not already present. Whether it's to the heights or the depths, wherever we go, God is present. And of course, Romans 8, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what a privilege to be loved by God, to be looked at and and just loved. And that is there for all of us, not just this rich young man. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looks at you and loves you. The young man then asks, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus quotes the commandments. The young man, as I said, being devout, says, I've already kept these since I was a child. And Jesus looks at him. And for me, Jesus sees his heart. This is my words. And Jesus says to him, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And the young man goes away very sad because he is extremely wealthy. Jesus then goes on to speak about how hard it is for rich people, wealthy people to enter the kingdom of God. And it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle disciples are very surprised by this. And I think we often think Jesus was extremely poor and the disciples were extremely poor. I'm not sure that's true. There are many theologians who feel that Judas was the keeper of the money, that they weren't that poor because people used to give them donations. So the disciples are amazed and ask then who can be saved? And Jesus says for humans, it's impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. So why does Jesus pick on wealthy people? He didn't say that to everyone. He picks particularly on this man's wealth. And I think it's about how we view our wealth. And the fact that this man came to Jesus seeking something deeper. Jesus looks at him and sees that what he's standing in the way, what he's most attached to this young man, is actually his wealth, not God. So Jesus sees that because his attachment is to his wealth, he needs to let go of that in order to be set free to truly connect with God. That's how I see it anyway. Because everything we have comes from God And God needs to be number one in our lives. We need to let go of all attachments and place God as number one. And I think that comes later when Jesus says to the disciples, if you've left everything for me, you will receive your reward. So where we have our treasure, there is our heart also. We look at Matthew um, 6, 21. We see that. I feel it's okay to have wealth. We just can't be attached to it. This young man had made his wealth more than God. And that's what Jesus sees, and that's why he has to sell everything, let go of that attachment, and just seek God. So I'll look at this in more detail just now, but first on Hot 1027, Let Your Living Water Flow Over My Soul. And of course this starts with the name of Jesus, 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 and it's one of those songs that I always feel is so anointed. And we must never forget the power in the name of Jesus. So I invite you to sing along as you listen. Enjoy. Hot 1027. Let your living water flow over my soul on Hot 1027. Welcome, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Sunrise Vashona, and it's really good to be with you. I've been exploring some of the things in Matthew chapter 10. And as I said before, there's so much there. Maybe you need to just sit with it, read it, and see what God is saying to you today. And of course, in Matthew chapter 10, we have the rich young man. He's very attached to his wealth and couldn't give it away, so he goes away. Really sad, And Jesus then says, when questioned by his disciples, that nothing is impossible with God. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that for people or said that to people who've come to me in distress. For humans, it might be impossible, but nothing is impossible for God. And I've seen that over and over again, how just when we think there's no way forward, just when we think that the person cannot carry on, just when we think that perhaps um, God isn't going to work, God works, and we've seen amazing results. God, for me, is indeed the God of the impossible, and i never forget that. So whatever we're facing today, let us remember that verse. God looks at us and loves us, and nothing is impossible for our God. Next, Peter says to him, well, we've left everything for you. And Jesus says, if you've left family... And fields, and for me, when he says fields, he means possessions, because a field meant wealth in those days. So, in other words, you've left your people and you've left your possessions to follow me. Your reward will be a hundredfold in this life. And I don't think I've seen that phrase before in this life, and you will inherit eternal life. In other words, We need to value our relationship with God above everything else, and then we will receive this reward. And I don't think when Jesus says your reward will be a hundredfold, he's just talking about a material reward. I don't see that at all. I think he's talking about um, something that is priceless, that peace of God that passes all understanding, living in the love of God, uh, exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit, knowing those gifts of the Spirit within your life. I think that's our reward. When we follow Jesus, it might be wealth, but it's not necessarily wealth. We are rewarded in so many other ways. Think about the fact that we are being loved, held, protected by God. All of these are amazing rewards. We don't ever have to do anything alone. God is always with us. And lastly, Jesus says, The first will be last and the last will be first. Now, when I look at people in traffic, when I look at people in queues in different places, maybe the bank, the supermarket, home affairs, when I look at people even in game reserves at sightings, everyone wants to be first. We all push to be first, stand on people to be first, push other people out of the way. In social gatherings, some people want to be noticed. They want to be at the main table. That is not the way of Jesus. That is not the way of the kingdom of God. We're called to stand back, in fact. And that is what I think Jesus is saying. If God is first in your life, you don't need to push yourself forward all the time. God's kingdom values are different from the worldly values. And the first will be last and the last will be first. For all of us, it's important to listen to this, to hear that from God. So for me, out of all of this passage, what I'm taking is that we need to love God before we love anything else. We need to remember that God is our God and God is more important than anything in our lives. And if we've got an attachment that's coming between us and God, we need to work with that and let it go. We need to be prepared to sacrifice all for God. We need to remember that we are blessed beyond measure and that God looks at us and loves us. And no matter what we're facing, as I said, our God is a God of the impossible. So I pray that you will have a wonderful Sunday, a very good week. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless and protect and anoint you. And to wrap up this morning, Jesus, what a wonderful name. I thought I'd focus on the name of Jesus today to just remind us how important that name is, how powerful that name is. And to end, because it's quite a chill Sunday, I love you, Lord. We need to remember to tell God that we love God. God bless you and keep you. one o two seven.